What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This Haberman and Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Ease and EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM. And by Manscaped.com and the promo code HAM. And by Sleep Number and the new Sleep Number 360 smart bed. Go to sleepnumber.com slash ham to find the nearest store to you. And by SeatGeek, promo code ham, 10 bucks off. Now to the segment. Niners have been on Monday Night Football this year. It was Niners-Browns. At the end of the day, it was the Browns. Good or bad, it was the Browns. This is Niners-Seahawks divisional matchup. Uh, and really, I mean, Niners the only unbeaten team in the NFL. We keep finding games where it's like, you know, they can afford it. This was, they don't need this one. I don't know, man. Se- Seattle is still right there on their heels. If you lose this game in terms of just winning the division, it's not quite done yet. But I think Seattle falls into the category. It's a little different because they play them twice. They actually play all these three of these teams. They play Seattle twice because there are three two-loss teams, right, in the, in the NFC where it looked like, and we were talking about it. Are you going to have to go 14 and 2 or 13 and 3 to ensure you get a bye? And you realize usually there's one team that does that. And like a lot of times, the two seat, if you go 12 and 4, wouldn't you say, I bet if we did a study the last 20 years, 12 and 4, probably get you a first round bye. What would you, I'd guess 78 to 82, some like right at like 80% of the time, right? So it's well over 50. You're getting the number one. You're getting the, the second seed. Where you saw today, the NFL, you know, whenever you talk to coaches and they always give you the cliche answers, like I was texting, I had a question about something in a game way earlier that I was going to kind of go in on. And it was in a Chiefs game. And I texted Coach Reed. It was like after they played the Lions about something Matt Patricia did because I was going to go nuts on it in the, on the podcast. And he actually kind of defended Patricia. It was about like using the timeouts. And he kind of ended the text with like, yeah, not, nothing shocks me in this league. You know, this league, you know, this league. And then he's like, I think a lot of crazy things had happened that day. And he's like, look at all around the NFL today. It was like the Raiders had just beat the Colts, I think, that day. And he just did one of those classic like, yeah, this league's crazy. Just look at everything today. And coaches love saying that. And I think people like me and you are always, 
Sometimes you think that's a little overblown. But then you see a game. If you're a Niner fan, there were two games you were really locked into today. Maybe three. It would be the Saints, the Packers, and the Rams. And the Saints, the difference between the Packers and the Rams is they're playing like credible franchises. I mean, the Panthers have been pretty solid. And the Steelers beat the Rams. But the Steelers were 4-4 four and four coming into that game. The Saints guy were at home. Now, granted, it's their rivalry. They were fucking 1-7. and seven. For example, this the Seattle Seahawks, who did they, they played him a couple weeks ago. In that game, guy, they were up 24-0 at half to Atlanta. And that was the game where you hit me with that stat where you're like, do you know how many yards uh, Schaub threw for? And I was like, yeah, I guess like 250. And you're like, 467. The Saints losing to the Falcons, I wouldn't just say losing. Like, they kind of got their ass kicked, didn't they? I mean, every time I'm looking up, they're down multiple scores. They couldn't move the ball. That was probably the most shocking, just given the guy, they were 1-7. and But when you take a step back and you think like a coach, I would imagine a coach would tell you, well, why don't you Google their roster and tell me how many good players they have, one. And two, they were coming off a bye. But regardless of the, the scenario, how it played out, you'd go, well... That's a pretty freaking good outcome today for the Niners, right? Now the Saints and the... You have a two-game lead and you didn't even play? Just on the number one seed? So even if you lose at home, which would suck, like if you're going to lose some games, which are inevitable, I don't know if you've noticed, but since the 72 Dolphins, there's been one team to run the table in the regular season over that span of time. One. And they ended up actually not sealing the deal. So it's it's basically... And I think we see this a lot of times because every year... When you say most years, there's usually an 8, 9, 10, and 0 team. So it's inevitable to get talked about. I would maybe, not, maybe 10, not most years, but yeah. I feel like seven every, every, get, every other year. Somebody to like seven, seven for every, sure. Right? Remember the few years ago, it was the Falcons. It was like, are the Falcons going to go unbeaten? You realize just how impossible it is. Because again, you go 12 and 4. If you just rack up 12 and 4 season after 12 and 4 season, you're a Hall of Fame coach. And you're probably just like the fucking, you're the New England Patriots, you know? That's just, that's the goal. Yeah, I mean, I don't make a habit of predicting a team's going to be 15-1, and but I do think Monday Night Football, if the Niners beat the Seahawks, then you can still lose to either the Packers or the Saints, and provided neither one of them loses again the rest of the year, except for to you, right? So say you beat the Packers, lose to the Saints, Packers have three losses, Saints have two losses. See, but but, but I'm, I'm, I'm even looking at it differently. I'm going... You win this game tomorrow, then you get the Cardinals. You could probably go three and three down the stretch because the schedule is pretty crazy, right? You play Seattle again in Seattle. You got to go to Baltimore. Have you see the highlights yeah, of that fucking yeah. guy? I mean, yeah. Jesus, jeez, Louise. Uh, you got to go to New Orleans. So you could, you know, lose at Seattle, lose at Baltimore, lose at New Orleans, be 13 and three. And let's say the Saints lose another game or two separate from the game they beat you. And let's say the Packers are 13 and three, but you beat them. Maybe you still get the one seed. Like you go thirteen and three, you're in pretty good position. But it gets a lot harder to go thirteen and three if you lose this home game. Just factoring in that Baltimore game looks dramatically different than it did a month sure. ago. Not maybe not a month ago. We knew a month in it was going to be tough. Like to start the season, that game's going to be really yeah. hard because, like Kyler, listen, I, I I've become a pretty big fan of him. He just seems like a great guy, and he is just beyond. He's just unique. Like you can. I don't know if you can get ready for Russell, but you do know Russell just, at the end of the day, does want to throw it against you. He doesn't want to really run. This guy, I mean, guy, they're running like 
triple option with RG3 as the running back. I mean, they're doing some crazy... I thought that was pretty... You and Trent, I know you and Trent Baalke's daughter hated Greg Roman, but it turns out he's not a bad coach. Uh, I was not a coach. Greg Roman hater. <laughs> uh, Who would you say the number one hater on Greg Roman was? Baalke's daughter? <laughs> Probably, yeah. What, what was her tweet again? Was that like mid-Thanksgiving game? Like, he's got to yeah, go! I don't even remember. I mean, I remember it happening. I don't remember what the... It, it, I, I, yeah, it was a mid-game tweet in a pretty big moment, if I remember correctly. Uh, that then immediately catches fire and yeah. goes viral. Um, Balky's like, I do not speak for my children! And they do not speak for... But they speak for me. <laughs> yeah. Balky, we know. I mean, everyone thinks he's terrible right now. It's okay. But now he's back. I mean, he has had now two of the more unique kind of quarterback situations. The, R- the RG3 play was awesome, by the way. And Scott Hansen, because I was watching Red Zone, was just like, and Mark Ingram's back there. They got three Heisman Trophy winners in the same backfield. He goes, I don't, we should do some research, but I would guess that's never happened before in the history of the NFL. Well, it did because someone tweeted that Al Davis would never let this happen in like the 80s. It happened with, uh, I think it happened with like Marcus Allen, Bo Jackson, and Tim Brown were all on the field at the same time. Marcus Allen, Bo, would they have all, the all three of those win the Heisman? Yeah, they did. Now, I will say, Scott Hansen so, said in the same backfield, but that's all. It's, what's the difference? It's all the same. That's yeah. pretty sweet. Well, remember, back before Tim Brown tore his knee, he was like kind of a hybrid player. Um, if the Niners win, yeah. here's the other thing. This is not so much a playoff conversation, but I do think we've talked about this. The better they get, the more expensive the tickets get. If they win Monday night, not only are they 9-0, and but they're 4-0 at home. Um, and we've talked for, you know, since the stadium opened, just about are they going to be just home field advantage, winning at home? I do think there's a little juice to Monday Night Football. It's just an opportunity for Levi Stadium to look cool. Just an opportunity. Now the mix is like the more expensive it gets, is it harder to get rowdy people in there? You can tell me when you're there, when you're at the game Monday night. But I do think it is just like as an aside, this is not a playoff point, but it's just a big opportunity for Levi Stadium to look sweet. And if, if you go, this has, gone, this has gone as perfect as it could go for Jed. Uh, and on top of that, not only they're winning, but they're winning at home, which I guess when you're not, I know you're winning everywhere. Um, even if they lose, I mean, just Monday night being a sweet environment, it's pretty, it's a big deal for them. It's a, I mean, I don't, they, they can't really lose on Monday night is I think kind of your ultimate point. Even if they lose the game, they're still in great shape. Um, I just keep looking at it. Every game you win, it's like, God, win the next one, and it really puts you in an advantageous situation. Especially part yeah, of that I, is just because we haven't quite yet seen this team against the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints, right? That's probably part of why I feel that way. But what's a, and you're arguably playing the MVP front runner, you know? So if he lights you up, I mean that slash would be a huge moment for him. Like this, like is that a huge storyline here that this guy is? You have three or four touchdowns against this defense on Monday Night Football. Is it safe to say that? And they'd be, you know, eight and two, and have a be a game behind, and be thinking like, well, we, we still got them coming up here, and we've already beat the Rams. Like, this guy's the, we could still get a top two seed slash. We got the MVP of the fucking league. That's to be part of tonight. I guess yeah, tonight if you're listening Monday, that part a huge thing for this defense, which I think is 
the Patriots have had a couple, kind of an off day against Lamar, but it, it turns out that it might maybe Lamar and that offense is just kind of like you said with Roman back in the Kaepernick days, just this unique, unstoppable force this year. It might not that might age a little better. Like their defenses might just be elite, but Russell Wilson is just one of those guys. Like something's got to give tonight. You're either gonna hold him to you know a, a subpar game, or he's gonna kill you. Like, I you see any in between where he just he just kind of meh. It yeah, feels like he's either, I think it's, now he can be kind of mad. He can be excuse. Let me rephrase that. He can be kind of mad numbers wise, but if he has those moments, right, like in the fourth quarter, like he, and he's done that historically against the Niners, like he can have the two hundred yard game. Yeah, but if he has the two signature plays that win you the game, it'd be like fuck. Can we beat to this me, guy? To me, he's either great or he's meh with a couple sweet plays. And the question is, enough sweet plays to beat you? I have a really hard time seeing him just be terrible. Yeah, I mean, how how many? I mean, I'd say in the last three or four years, how many "quote unquote" true terrible games has he he's had? Just a great, a he's just a handful. great player, you know. He's a great. Kittle's player. a great player. He's like yeah. just to, just Ian Rapsheet Williams. Ian Williams, <laughs> former Niner on uh, NBC Sports, says that he's out. That Kittle's not going to play. But then he's like, "You check is going to be back, and don't worry, Kittle will be back soon." Well, I saw that. Someone, you know, when Juszczyk was talking to the media on, like, Friday or Saturday, he said the one good thing about this offense is every position is interchangeable. So if you need me to, like, if you're a wide receiver, you know all the wide receivers. Like, Kittle knows all the blocking spots that Juszczyk would know, and Juszczyk can run all his plays. I guess it's interchangeable with some players, right? Like, the tackles, all it, they all clearly can function in it. it and that's where I think Kyle... Where I would be hard on Kyle sometimes, I think, with the player acquisition, he's got some Belichick to him. I think, actually, Gruden does too. Like, so it's like kind of overachiever, super smart guys. Like the Renfros and the McGlinchies and just just the guy, if you said your daughter brought home, you'd be proud. Juszczyk is one of those guys. Well, the good thing about those guys is they're usually smart as fuck when it comes to football. And there's never like, you know, that's like the knock on Cordero Patterson who runs circle, I mean, Kittle's an elite athlete, but most like the Renfro types, and Juszczyk's a good athlete too, but like the Patterson, who's like the elite NFL athlete, but he, he, he's been in the league for seven years and doesn't know two plays. But like uh, me personally, maybe I got a little Al Davis. As Brett Veach once famously said in a draft meeting, maybe I got a little Al Davis in me. Like I, I, I do too, and I kind of like those guys. But when you get into a pinch, and I think this is what benefits Kyle Despite being a young guy, he's been in the league so long now, right? He's been in the league since like 05. And really, because of who he is, he's been around players for so long. He's got a clear identity of what he likes because he knows that you depend on so many guys. Where I, I'm the opposite. Like, I I used to get so mad. Like, why can't our coach figure out how to use this guy? And the coach would say, well, he can't understand anything. So you just keep arguing over this. The Niners... How many dumb guys do they have? You know, how many how many dumb football players that you just go, God, you would say all their football IQs on their team, for the most part, are super, super high. Well, yeah. They, I mean, they actually have guys that probably their football IQs are higher than their ability. I, I don't know the answer, but I, I do think it's probably safe to say, particularly offensively, just to know Kyle Shanahan's playbook and understand his plays, you have to be pretty smart. Right. Yeah, and that's why he values it, but I think sometimes he'll go with a guy maybe who's a little less of a player, where that's where I think there is some balance there. But 
the example I'm using like doesn't fit Juszczyk because Juszczyk is a good player. I mean, at his position, he would be considered yeah. a borderline a difficult guy to back. replace. Yeah, same with McGlinchey, same with Staley, same with Kittle. So these guys don't really fit in that mold. Like, you know, Renfro is a little overachiever. I don't know if the Niners, I guess Trent Taylor would have been that guy. I don't know if you saw, but he's, it's like, Trent, just, I'm not even going to consider you a 49er moving forward. I mean, you're just, you're always hurt. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that when you look at this game, the, the, the Seattle, for, that's the difference. Like, their philosophy has been a little different than Kyle's, right? Like, they take some swings on guys. Like, they don't give a shit if they think the guy can just play. You know, the clownies, just over the history of their kind of operation. Jimmy, uh, Percy Harvin. They, they, and I, I kind of like that. Like, I, I'm a sucker for that. But we're going to find out, I would say, over these next couple of years, like, looks like they're going to be pitted against each other now. Definitely this season with the Rams losing. But in the next couple of years, like, we know one thing, right? Seattle's going to keep fucking swinging. If I told you this year, Odell Beckham became available and they trade their first round, you know, they will do these things. Where I think the Niners are a little, they will be aggressive, but they're a little more kind of balanced in their discussion. <laughs> they're just a little more, I don't know, prudent be the right word? Uh, but it's like, oh, I don't yeah, know maybe prudent. I think, I, I think they want to make sure whoever they're acquiring fits and the Seahawks will try to just fit anybody. And to their credit, they've done a good job of it. Like, wouldn't you imagine the Niners, and I wouldn't say the Niners would be alone on this, but I bet there were some teams that were like, oh, DK, it's all hype. Well, I bet in that draft room, the Seattle loved him. Right. Pete loved him. And you could tell they loved him, remember, when he walks in that room in the combine at the interview room and Pete took off. Looking back, would you be shocked if that was like one of Pete's favorite players in the draft? Or you just love the guy? I would not be shocked. Clearly, someone in that organization loved the guy. Maybe both of them loved the guy. Schneider, maybe they did, but but in like their defense, he's been he's been a big reason guy. There, I think he's got five or six touchdowns. Like he's been good. Now a couple of them have been like blown coverages or whatever, but still five touchdowns as a rookie. What if he ends up with at the end of the year eight or nine? That's like he's not going to win. Like Jacobs probably going to win the offensive rookie of the year, but he would be like someone that got like I'd vote for him if you got if if Haberman Middlecoff we got votes. And you had to vote like MVP style, right? You give a guy first place, second place, third place votes. He's getting votes. Yeah. If he continues on this yeah. path. Like, that's a guy tomorrow that I'm kind of interested to watch. Like, does he make big plays against the Niners? Because every other team I watch him play against, he makes big plays against. Like, big plays. I, I, I think the other thing is just no Kittle. We always talk about this. It's just Garoppolo and Russell Wilson on the field at the same time. I mean, not the exact same time, but against each other. We just get to compare an MVP candidate to a guy that last time the Niners played, played like an MVP. Right, um, and again, it hurts him that there's no Kittle, but it's also an opportunity for Jimmy to to shine a little more. I mean, if he can roll out anything close to his last performance without Kittle on the field, that Cardinals performance on Monday Night Football yeah, against they, Russell it, Wilson, it, if they go nine and zero, and Kittle officially misses this game, which it sure as hell looks like it's going to happen, and they've won games without Kittle, without both their tackles for year for countless games together without use check for several games it would be a pretty incredible accomplishment because we've seen we've seen a lot of undefeated teams just year in year out for the most part it feels like they got a lot of things going for them right they just stay healthy their top players are always on the field obviously you can need your quarterback and your couple of your elite players to be 
but you don't have like crippling losses, like lose your left tackle. That that would be, I would say, the story for me of the Niners season. If they win this game, would be so far their ability to overcome injuries has been fucking remarkable. Because that was something we talked about nonstop for the last two years. What's going on? Heads got to roll. And you could say, oh, middle cops, hyperbole, these are injuries. Well, the Niners showed you. They fired everybody. <laughs> you know, so it, they, they tried to do something. Right. You know, you could say it's just fans and people on the outside complaining. Well, they cleaned house. Their longtime trainer, the doctors, strength guys. And you could say, well, it is freaky or whatever, but has this year been any different than previous years? <laughs> they've just handled, they've just won football games. Shows you. <laughs> you know. When everyone's just like, hey, just win. Yeah. You know, it's really kind of true. But, just win. No one talks about it. By the shit. way, since you said uh, things people are complaining about, to have this stat real quick before we move on from the Niners, Mitch Wisnowski is third in the NFL in percentage of punts down inside the 20. Well, who's the, who's the, who's his uh, battery mate from Utah? Matt is Gay. He the Tampa Bay's kicker? Yeah. He's good too. Yeah. How how incredible was their punter and kicker room well, was, last year? At Utah? Well, they both, they yeah, they were both Ray Guy Award the year. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. They were both Ray Guy and Lou Groza Award finalists. I think one of them won. I think Mitch won the Ray Guy, and like and Gay was a finalist for the Lou Groza. Not last year, but the year before. One of three finalists. I, I it's pretty not to go on a side tangent on Utah. But what they've done, like, the last 12 years since making this transition, I guess it's been a little less than that. Nine. But just the high-level pros and just how good they've been. I mean, fuck. What a clinic on just a high-level program. It is. I mean, just everything from, like, guard to a tackle to a linebacker to a DB to, boom, a kicker, a punter, a boom. They're well, they've done a great job with, like, they've Jesus. done a great job with Aussies and Polynesians, right? The- That's true. Are those two – well, Mitch is an Aussie, Yeah, Matt right? Gay is not. He's a Matt Gage is American. American. Uh, but I th- Matt Gay Matt Gay was drafted right. Tampa mm-hmm. drafted him last year in like the fifth mm-hmm. or sixth. So they had their punter and kicker same year drafted. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean that team, not shocking, right? Was in the Pac-12 championship game and they were yeah. good and they're good yeah. again. How, how do they? Re- how do you replace a pro kicker and a punter? Like, I don't, you just pray to God like the guy you scholarship. Well, they got, they got another Aussie as their punter. And then, what's their connection there? Is it like St. Mary's? They know a guy in Australia. Well, Whittingham, they've been on it for a while. Like Pro Kick Australia is like the name of the Aussie kicking team. But like the the kicker was like a soccer player at uh, not Utah State, like Utah Valley State. And somebody told Whittingham, like you gotta you gotta get this guy to come play football for you. And they had to try out and they signed him. I mean. It's, so he's just in the kicking community. I think he's just like the guy everyone goes it to. It does feel like the Utah schools do some cool shit. Like Ziggy was just like playing basketball, and one of the players went to Bronco and like, we should just have this guy play football. And they're like, yeah, just do it. Like that's, <laughs> I don't, it feels like kind of unheard of at the Division One level. Like it feels like these schools in Utah just, I don't know, think outside the Maybe. box. Yeah, I mean, you think about that. You, you got to have a, uh, an open mind when you're constantly signing players that don't actually come play for you for two years, right? That, that's true too. You you just you think about things a little Maybe. differently. Like Saban's like, what what you're gonna leave for two years? Huh? What? What do you love more, <laughs> Alabama football or God? Make a choice. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to help the kids in Africa eat, or do you want to make plays? Like, well, coach, uh... do you want to just do your job? 
<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.